Good morning. This is Jennifer for another episode of Just Love. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Emily Slama. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You look a little nervous. I am a little nervous. <laughs> is this your first time doing a podcast? Um, I've done one other, and it was many, many years ago. Really? Mm-hmm. What What was it about? Um, I was just trying to think of what it was called. Uh, um, something Creative Guts. Creative Guts. Yes, I love it. Yes. And they um, were down in Exeter, and I went down there, but it was years ago when I first started. And um, I was thinking about it on my way over to talk to you. I was thinking about how different our conversation will be from, <laughs> from years and years ago. <laughs> I wonder, like, it will probably be loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. Um, it, my style is just to have a conversation, yes. less of an interview. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> so you're on a show called Creative Guts, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that's because you're incredibly creative. Uh, it was emphasizing kind of my process for making jewelry. So and... you're a jeweler. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So how long have you been making jewelry? Um, I would say about 10 years. And I, pretty consistently for 10 years. I've always had an interest in it. I like sparkly things and things that, that um, are handmade. And so I was naturally drawn to it. What was the phrase that one of my customers came up with to describe your jewelry? I think I have it, but I want you to say it first. Classy and what was the Well, one? I was going to say. always want to say something. It's like classy and sassy, but it's. it's <laughs> oh, I like classy and sassy. More, what is it? Classy and. Oh, it was, do do it you was have perfect. it? I, no, I think it's kitschy and classy, something. not kitschy. Cheeky. Cheeky. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Just classy and cheeky. <laughs> or cheeky and classy. I think start with a cheeky and then cheeky end on a fine note. Okay, perfect. Cheeky and classy. So Emily, like we're sitting here today in the final days of the shop. Yep. <laughs> we're looking around. It's like there's still so much in here, but but empty shelves. But there's still a lot. The empty the empty space is starting to appear. And um it's making me um, very, uh, what's it called when, nostalgia. Yeah. Is that the word? That's Nostalgic. Yes. Yeah. It makes sense. And yeah. I was in the shower one morning where I get my best ideas. And I said, you know, one of my swan dives in exiting this chapter of my life, a lot of people out there want to create things to follow their dreams, their passions, and... Um, aren't quite sure how to turn their hobby into something that um, can sustain itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying make millions of dollars (laughs) or even a profit, but something that is a little more sustainable in that, you know, making jewelry, painting, writing, um, all kinds of things does, does take money, like for supplies. Yeah, you do have an initial investment. Um, I think I was very meticulous in the beginning about what kinds of things could I make that would make money but also bring people joy and so that's kind of how I started and um, so I just went to the local places that you can get beads and and supplies 
And then I found over time that you can get them from other places and join in with other jewelers so that you have a bigger buying power. Um, More like a co-op? Kind of. And yeah. then that's how we get our supplies um, less expensive. And then that way we can pass that savings on to our customers. And I think that is just a joy in itself for me. Yeah. One of the things, um, there's so much we can talk about today. And you're like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> but like one of the things that I've watched, how long have you been in the store? Not even a year, right? No, I started in May. <laughs> so you just went through one holiday season with us and you quickly rose to the top, like top five artists in the store. It was like That's so great. <laughs> it was like a rocket ship. You just came in and your pieces took off. But I think from watching on this side of it as a shopkeeper, what I've noticed in that you're very thoughtful in creating a line of jewelry and offerings that you have different strata like you have your affordable pieces that are fun and cheeky that you have children's a line of children's jewelry which your necklaces and your earrings are 10 and 15 dollars each and they're fun and kids kids find them it's almost like it's a (laughs) magnet pulling them in and I think more so than not the parents are very surprised when they see they get sticker shock because you know this this really cute necklace is ten dollars yeah and their child's immediately like been drawn to it i love that line um it came to me about a year maybe a year and a half ago so i haven't even been doing that line very long but it occurred to me because um, i have a lot of young nieces and nephews And when they have birthday parties coming up and things like that, I started thinking of what kinds of things they would like to give their friends. And then, or even as party favors, that was another idea. I wanted to keep the price low so that I could, um, so that people could just come in if they were having, you know, a group of best friends, maybe four kids over for a movie night, they could grab four necklaces and what a fun party gift that would be. What a fun gift, but also like, oftentimes like and I've been guilty of this too to save money you pick up those those plasticky chotkeys that like you know are just going to get tossed one day it ends up in the trash and I just felt like well you know you can wear these for a long time it's kind of a symbol of your friendship it's just such a cute I mean who doesn't want to wear a fun cheeky shark (laughs) no and they're not all cheeky like the one of some of the most um popular pieces have been your lines your line of unicorns right yes the unicorns. <laughs> for little girls and boys yep. and Sparkly. then the the fun things that you brought in just before christmas i think were the cats yes the little hanging cats the so. hanging cats yep. and there was like all different ones and i'll never forget that this woman was so thrilled their earrings yeah and they're bright and colorful and they're just drooping cats i don't yeah. know how else to explain them <laughs> But this one grandmother came in and she was so excited to find them because her granddaughter is infamous for carrying the cat nice. <laughs> around the house under its front paw legs, you oh, know, so cute. it just droops from her arm and the cat just has given in, oh, I like love doesn't that. try to fight it. So she like that was the perfect gift for her granddaughter. Well, I like that you told me these stories because something else that I think is really fun about making jewelry is I like to see what speaks people and I am a good observer it's one of my well that's because you're always shopping in this store I have to say hands (laughs) I have two artists that I think every time you guys come in 
you are so thoughtful and diligent about walking around the shop and looking at what the other artists are doing. And yeah. then not only just window shopping, you're actively supporting the other artists. Oh, sure. And it's just, yeah. and, and it's not a prerequisite to selling things in my shop. It's just, it's been fun to watch, gratifying to watch. There's probably two or three of you that I can think of right now, and if I'm forgetting someone, but just to watch you actively supporting other artists and then also the things I'm finding from all over the world. Yeah, yeah. So kind of what you're saying, like me watching you, watching the artists right, right. shop for <laughs> other things is, is probably pretty similar to what you're talking about. Well, I like, think it just gives you so much joy. I I am not a big, like, big box shopper. Like, you probably will never see me at Target or Walmart. And I know everybody shops there, but I... I tend not to. I try to. Um, I try to just, you know, buy from the local stores, and it's worked for me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I always find something wonderful, and then I know who I'm supporting, and I think that's pretty, pretty special. So I think that's been one of my greatest gifts too, is like getting to know, you know, some of the artists and authors that first came into the shop. I'd known them previously, so it was a given. Like Roger Morin, he's like one of the first people I thought of to bring into a little something. And then, but then after that, it's kind of the serendipity of who ends up being attracted to the shop, who ends up reaching out to me. And I've been really lucky that I haven't had to go out and look for artists. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, that's, that's pretty great because you have amassed a, a really great collection of all of us artists so <laughs> and it's so yeah. it was kind of funny when you reached out to me um we can so there's a couple of things we should talk about people wanting to follow their their art or their passions yeah. and move their hobbies into more of like um a, a business. business where mm -hmm. they're actually you know producing revenue and creating customers other yeah. than their just inner circle of family and friends and sometimes that happens naturally. Like sometimes it just yeah. catches and takes off on its own. Mm -hmm. But most often in the beginning, like you have to work at creating your market. Yeah. It's not I, something handed. I think you have to think of who are you making your your product for and what are they willing to what are they looking for and what are they willing to spend? And then you can I guess you can, that's the way I kind of happened to be in my business is I just kind of thought about who, who is it that I'm making this jewelry for and um, who do I want to attract? Mm -hmm. And um, another way of doing your business is to make your thing and then find ways to market it to that audience that you want. I just did it in reverse and I looked around and thought of, who are my people and mm -hmm. what would they want to see? And then I kind of just went from there and now I'm in five stores and I have a website and, and it's working. My dream is, is working. <laughs> Do you, so when you first started out, did, were you already making jewelry as a hobby and then decided you wanted to do it as a business or did you start off as a business with the intent to start a business making jewelry? Um, I think I started, when I first started, 
Um, I just wanted something to do with my daughter. She's creative and she was making little play figurines and we were sitting at the table and you know the, the kitchen table and I just wanted something else to do with my hands so I wasn't just watching her and um, this was way back when she was in middle school and I and so we just sat there and I I thought it would be fun to make something blingy for my ears and that's what started so, the whole thing the, what I what I enjoy about you is that like you and I tend to dress the same like we tend to dress understated like low-key yeah. but there's a piece of you that like embraces the shine yeah. and the glimmer and I I haven't I haven't stepped into that side of myself yet but like I love watching you do it like I'm looking at you now like yeah. the jewelry you wear like I think I threw on two rings because I knew I would be with you yeah. like most often I don't have anything on and like you come in and you're you're always smiling you're always happy you're just but then like like Little by little, I start looking, and you have these fabulous <laughs> bracelets on that, like, there's not, you wear your jewelry, your jewelry doesn't wear you. Oh, that's nice. I like that. And it's, like, it's impressive, and I and I oh, like it. Um, so some of the comments I've been getting from my closest friends and family in regards to podcasting is, I don't stay on track, <laughs> and I interrupt my guests. So, like, those oh. are the two things in my mind. And I'm thinking, shoot, we were on track to say something good, and I'm already oh, I can't off. I remember, but it's so fun to talk to you, so I can see how that can happen. <laughs> I think so. We were talking about you had you weren't your original intent was not to go into business making jewelry. No, it was just to have something to do with my hands while I was sitting with my daughter. But then, but then. I kept redoing the same pair of earrings over and over and over again to get better and better at and it. And where were these earrings ending up? Were you wearing them? Were I they... was wearing them, and then my daughter wore them. And so I would make these long, blingy things and not really have anywhere to go with them. <laughs> so my husband and I would go out to dinner just so I could wear them. And then, um, and then my daughter wanted to wear them, but that would have been silly to wear to middle school, so I... I took them apart and made them simple. Mm -hmm. And so I just over and over and over again, I made these these earrings something different for whatever it needed. To With be. the same materials? Same materials. And, um, and then I thought maybe I should explore getting more materials. And then, then I thought, well, if I have more, I should just make more. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it just seemed like maybe I should try to sell them. And so, um, so I started really small. I just, uh, I went to... Um, I forgot what kind of a party it was, but it was, you know, many, many years ago. And I went to a party and they let me have like the tabletop and I could set it up and just see if anybody liked them. And mostly I was just curious if people would like them, but people ended up buying them. And that gave me, uh, I don't know, the confidence to try to maybe start in a store or something. Mm -hmm. And I, every time I have a new store, I always try to think of, what kinds of things I always go from that same point of view of what kinds of things would people going to the store like to see and I try to bring quality and fun and classiness to whatever it is so I am I'm thinking about a lot about who the audience is and um so 
so when I first started with a store, I guess that's where I kind of developed my little value system for my business because that was going to be the central part of it is who's coming to the store and what do they want to see? What, what do they want to wear? And you started pretty quickly off with wholesale, which can be tricky to people entering business for the first time without a background and (laughs) because it's it's a hard pill to swallow when you make something and wholesale traditionally is keystone pricing which is the the store pays you half the value right and And you're like what yes and that was a learning curve um you know initially i don't think i was making any money because I didn't build that into what I was trying to sell them for. Um, But over the years, I've been at stores for probably eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've learned where that happy medium is, where it's fun and easy. You know, people can can buy a great pair of sterling silver earrings and not have to pay crazy prices Mm -hmm. or gold fill earrings and not have to pay pay crazy prices Um, or just fun earrings. And, you know, it's really not too expensive. So I, I try to keep the cost down. Um, I try to make it so that I make some profit. But also um, I have to keep in mind the um, cut that the store needs as well. So I, I feel like it's at a good balance now. And yeah. So are you, so you're in five stores. Are you counting a little something as one of your five? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're headlining here for a couple more weeks at least, yeah. I would guess. <laughs> Um, and then where are your other four stores? Well, you know what? When I introduced you, I didn't share your company's name. Oh. So you are Emily Slama. Mm-hmm. You hail from Durham, Durham New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, your company's name or your brand that most people are familiar with in here is Made by Emily. Mm-hmm. You have a website um, which is made by EmilyNH.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you sell direct. Yes. Yeah to customers all over the world, I assume, which is so much fun. And then you're in four other stores. Do you want to share? Sure. Or maybe Um, even share like the, what was your first store? And then like, how did you Um, get into yours? I mean, that's the question I think most people um, strap, not strapple, but most people struggle with is like, they're, they're making their items, their products, they're ready to launch. And then it's Where there's a lot know. of fear yeah. around um, <laughs> approaching a, sh- a store or a shop and yeah. like how do you get your products in there and what's the best way to do it because you can some shops will buy wholesale which mm-hmm. they buy your items outright and then other shops will do Consign. consignment yeah exactly um, I let's see how did I start? I started um, a friend of mine actually owned uh, the makery in Durham. And so I brought my pieces. I worked really hard to make the the best quality pieces that I could. And then when I was comfortable with it, then I brought it to her and I said, what do you think? Um, do you think that this would sell in your store? And she said, sure, let's try it. And they sold and sold out. And then I brought more and then my... my um, lines changed and I started using sterling silver and gold fill and then 
um, introducing different lines, and that's where most of my growth was. You went from cheeky to classy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I tended to keep it classy uh, until maybe a year ago, and then it just dawned on me that there should be kind of a fun kids line. And should be a spectrum of offerings. Yeah, exactly. And and that I actually really that keeps me going um, because I think. When you make the same thing a lot of the same thing, um, you need some more inspiration. And so this allows me to be really creative and bright and colorful. And then I try to make um, very beautiful things that you could wear, you know, anywhere. <laughs> so I think like what you're saying is you started off with your own network. Mm -hmm. Like fortunately exactly. you had a friend yes. that owned a shop. So you kind of had an inroad. Yes, exactly. And, and that... Um, talking with her let me understand what what a shop owner wants to see and what they want to how they want to be approached and so then um, but that part of it because Michael from Chains of Cranes just recently said that to me yeah small shops are usually you know one person or right. two or three at the most <laughs> yep. and just like anything else where we're individuals with different ideas of how to be approached or how we go about running our right. business. So like, I think what people fall into is that they get into their first store and they kind of create this idea that this is how the business is. Right. All, all shops are run the same way. All marketing's approached in the same way. Right. All it just isn't. No. merchandising. <laughs> so like no. if you're in your first shop and you're experiencing it and it's a pretty safe it was safe and and lovely. You had success. A, I had success, and what a what a great spot. It was local, and so um, so it was just it was a really wonderful place to start out. And um, it's not in business any longer, but um, but boy, I really appreciated that. It was just such a great spot. Um, and then uh, a pear tree. I, I moved into a pear tree, and that one is also not in business any longer. That was in Dover. Um, and I was there for a year or two, um, and that was great. Again, like I think she saw me at the makery and then asked me if I wanted to come, so that was such a nice thing. You just have this little easy road. <laughs> this carpet has easy. been rolled out in front of you. This is not always the norm. <laughs> well, I felt very lucky, and then, um, but then she closed, and um, each time uh, one of the stores, I was thinking about this earlier, each time a store that I'm in closes, I, I get the same feeling that other artists probably feel, which is, oh, what am I going to do? But then I always feel like it's a time then to stretch and grow mm -hmm. and try something else. And so, so I try after I have the initial shock of, oh, no, then I think, okay, what what do I need to do that's different? Like to to do I have to stretch into Maine? Mm -hmm. Should I go into Portsmouth? Can I handle another shop? Should I focus on my website? Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things happen, and I think that's the case for all um, uh, artists, uh, artists and um, authors, and anybody trying to get their their voice out there or their product out there. I think. I think a lot of it is just um, being brave one day and just deciding, like, I'm going to reach out. And I, I feel like uh, 
once I was in the makery and the pear tree, it gave me the confidence then because I was doing well. Your items were moving. And that's not always the case. And it's not always about quality. Mm. Um, sometimes items will come in and they just won't move. And you're like, as oh, a shopkeeper, yeah. you're scratching your head and like, what is going on with this? Right. And right. then you, you know, you try to get behind the product and market it and then yeah. perhaps move it to a different spot in the shop because that does matter sometimes, right. yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it, it's just a matter of putting it in front of people in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and then what happened is then um, uh, My Country Story came. So mm-hmm. I met My Country Story in Dover. And they went into the same space that Pear Tree was in. No, down right one, down one. Because yeah, Just yeah. the Thing now has right. taken Pear two, Trees. Yeah, two spots. Um, that's such a great store, too. And then right next door is My Country Story. So you can find my stuff at My Country Story. And they just have a great shop. I enjoy going in there so much. They have and, a very clean aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, just great artists and and um, the owners are artists as well so mm-hmm. um, I think it's really fun to to talk with them and kind of bounce ideas off of them and but I was pretty excited um, to be called uh, to go into that store did they reach out to you they or? did yeah they reached out Emily to me. <laughs> so yep. that's so okay so you're still in my country story so that's and one my country story and then right after that um, good juju uh, in Newmarket, I was in that store um, looking for like a birthday present, and um, she asked me. She needed a jeweler, and she asked me if I wanted to go. And she knew you store. were a jeweler, or had you like brought uh, it up in conversation? I think I think she might have known because it's uh, small towns. Like mm-hmm. I'm from Durham, and and she's uh, right in Newmarket, so I think she might have just heard, or maybe I was wearing something. I'm not sure. I might have even mentioned it. I can't even remember, but. Um, but no, it's good to speak up for yourself yeah, and to advocate. Yeah, and so um, we might have had a conversation now that I think about it months before. Just if you ever need a jeweler, like I'd be happy to happy to come into your your cute store. And um, and so then she invited me to come in, and it was right before the holidays, and mm-hmm. so I was like, great. Let's do that. That seems to be your timing. Yeah. <laughs> right before the holidays. And so I, in each time, let's see. So that's good juju. Oh, I'm in a couple others. Um, uh, Sweetened Memories um, Bakery is in Durham. And they opened up, uh, um, they were out of their house. I, I knew Kathy. She was out of her house and she makes um, custom cakes and mm-hmm. things like that. And um, she decided to go into Durham to open up her own store. And I was so thrilled that they asked me to, because um, they wanted some gifts. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to pick up your, your cake or your cupcakes, no, it's you might want to grab tie-in, something. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, they're all boxed up. So it's easy for somebody to just grab, you know, a fun gift. And um, and so that's what I was for them. And then now they're just having a grand opening on, they kind of moved up to the, the street view now. Um, the street view. You know? <laughs> they're yeah, moving they on up. Downstairs before, and now they'll be upstairs. Um, so on Friday, they're having a grand opening. And um, 
and I get to have a whole shelf there. And that's so, awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I color coordinated my boxes to match their aesthetic, and I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> I I see so, huge things from that, and yeah. just you know, you're so smart about branding. In the short time that I've known you, I've watched you evolve, and just the fine attention to detail you've paid to your packaging and and how um, you market yourself online. And I think as a shopkeeper, I'm, I'm so aware that I had a teammate in marketing in you. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> we were actively marketing together side by yeah. side. Yeah. And that's not something that I've expected with having the shop. Like I've kind of taken it on as my responsibility yes. to market you know, to do destination marketing, marketing right, because right. I'm around a corner, not on Main Street. Right. But then also to, it's, I've taken on the job that it's my role to share the stories and to build bridges and connections with the artists right. in the community. You and do so, it so well. Well, but like every now and then certain artists just like, it's like you're running like, Together. a 5k <laughs> and every now and then you look to your side and there's someone like right there with you and yeah. it's like it's creative energy is infectious and when you find you're working with someone with the the same goal or purpose mm-hmm. it um it magnifies yeah I actually really like that that's one of the things that I look for um it was one of the reasons why I wanted to come to a little something. So just for the record, I didn't seek you out. You did. <laughs> I didn't no, find, I, I didn't even say. know who you were. Right. <laughs> I live a pretty sheltered life in the store. Like I just kind of put my blinders on. You know, I'm aware of that. There are other gift shops out there. Um, you know, competition is a funny thing, especially when you're talking about small business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my idea of having a small shop or business in a town is very much based on my belief of the value of microeconomics for a community in that it's so important to create places and experiences that um, attract commerce, attract um, community members and tourists and travelers alike and visitors to spend their dollars in places where they're going to know the person they're exchanging with. Yes. You know, money is an exchange for goods or services. And, you know, to bring, to have value on both sides of that is so amazing on a global scale. But then when you, when you shake down and you say, oh my gosh, like this is, this is a human being behind the counter that, you know, my purchase is supporting their livelihood. Mm -hmm. And, and on top of that, my purchase is supporting someone's hobby or passion project or in best case scenario their business which is supporting their livelihood and for me the fun comes into it when it's people that you can you know identify and introduce others to you know like one of my favorite things in the shop and is saying hey look you just supported emily slama made by emily i love that you do that that's That's, i saw you do that before i came here and that was something so so this was my first time actually really reaching out because, (laughs) because in the past and now that i think i've never actually thought of the timeline of how it all worked but yeah mostly 
And I'm also down in um, West Village Provisions. Which and, I yeah. love. Now you've got me hooked on to West yeah. Village Provisions as a marketer. Like, yes. I love watching their story unfold right? and how she does it because She's it's great. unique and yeah. it's fun and it's exciting to watch. So West Village Provisions. And that's in down, down in Boxford, Massachusetts. And she actually found me um, from a reel that I did um, on Instagram. See? And she just, she's You're down infectious. in Massachusetts, and she was like, hey, I love, it was my um, empowerment bracelets. She just wanted them so badly, and I thought, at the time, my daughter was in high school, and she had a soccer game down there. And so mm -hmm. I said, well, I can actually come by. I'll meet you. That's and, serendipity. Yeah, and I, well, I also feel like that's, that's my marketing approach. You'll always get me. I'm coming. And so I, I drive down every other month and um it's like a it's an hour for me to go down there but she's wonderful she serves um lunches and breakfast they serve breakfast they in their do. tiny gift shop it's, it's like so an cute. it's like an old country store like <laughs> it it's like mm -hmm. when i was growing up it was the general spofford store absolutely a the very meat cool. counter yes it's the arcade cool. games yeah, yeah. um the lunch counter oh, and yeah. then like the gifts and all the, the food provisions. Gifts. I mean, you can t-shirts. Totally, t-shirts. Um, Fishing uh, supplies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much a, a great general store atmosphere, and there's even little tables you can sit. And I just think she does a marvelous job. And so to me, I feel like yeah, I could send it. Um, and one time I did, and one of my bracelets broke in the mail, and I thought need to send it I actually really like all of the store owners and I think that's a really good rapport to have um I mean I feel like that's part of why I do what I do because I am a social person and I really enjoy going to different places and um, making sure that my shelf is interesting and has everything that people would want mm -hmm. um you know, making sure that the store owner is happy with what I'm bringing. And do you have any other ideas that you would like to see? Um, it's a balance. I think and it's a partnership. Really. It's a partnership yeah. and it's a balance. And I think, you know, just like anything else, there are personalities involved. Yeah. There are expectations. There are, mm -hmm. there are ideals. There are boundaries, healthy boundaries that you try to establish. Right. And at the end of the day, like this shop, like I had at the height of it, which, oh my gosh, right now seems to be the height. I'm going out of business. I'm busier <laughs> than, than like, but I expected that. Like that happens with a shop closing. But anyways, like, I mean, I had nearly 200 local artists and authors on consignment, and then at the same time, I'm bringing in hundreds of other cottage industries and individuals from all over the world. Right. So for me, someone that doesn't like clutter and someone that gets, ugh, like, <laughs> it's tricky balance of display and control of things in the shop because mm -hmm. it has to have a cohesive, for my point of view, it has to have a cohesive Feel. people can't be overwhelmed when they walk in right. yet in a shop around the corner there has to be enough of a draw to pull people in like we yeah. pull people oh, from all over the from world. all over the world <laughs> like literally we had someone land in Boston from yeah. the Philippines and then Google main gifts we 
Really? And that's, they came straight here. <gasps> that's that. one of my favorite stories. That is a very cool And story. now we stay in touch on um, Facebook. And it's just. That's awesome. Small it's, world, isn't it? It's like, a small. Even though it's a big world. <laughs> yeah, it's a small world. And when you start purposefully connecting the dots mm-hmm. or creating a picture that you of a life you want to live, yeah. it's fascinating yeah. and exciting. And I think, you know, everything that you're saying about approaching the shop and showing up in person, I think, I think is true. I, I'm an incredible introvert at heart. So, like, my personal space... Sometimes it's a little wonky, I know, for other artists um, in the respect that, you know, I have only so many hours in the day. And while I want to talk to everyone and make relationships with everyone, it's not physically possible. Yeah, that makes sense. So that for me is one, it was one of the toughest challenges because also being an introvert, ideally my best conversations are had one-on-one. Yeah. And I get derive the most joy from that so it's like you know how how do you give yourself in a way to your artists and your customers that you're not using yourself up for your family and yourself at the end of the day that's a good those are good thoughts actually for being a shop owner that's a it's pretty big I think it's it's probably the one thing that um, it's like probably a challenge, isn't it? A challenge because, like, at the end of the day, hey, look, you want to be everybody's friend. You want to be liked by everybody. Mm-hmm. You want to respect and be kind, but sometimes relationships are tricky and it doesn't always work out for the best. Exactly. But with that said, <laughs> for some reason, you and I hit it off. <laughs> and I don't, like, I don't know, like, Probably because I was endlessly patient. Do you remember when <laughs> you I would... first came in? There were, it was a whole line of people that were in line, and I just happened to come in to deliver my stuff for the first time. And I just Was remember, that a good thing, coming it, into a shop was, full of people? Actually, it was just so nice. It was exactly what I thought it would be. And ever, every time since then, when I come in to deliver things, it's always crowded. There's always people here. And I thought I think that's wonderful. One and time you I said think that because you because you advertised so well, that was the thing that attracted me to come in the first place. So I looked and she, I was like, she supports her artists, and I've got to find the store. She supports her <laughs> artists. Her artists support her, yeah. right? Like it's kind of it's like one of those business cycles that I think sometimes people forget about. Yeah. Like we're all in this together, right? Like if you're selling, I'm selling. Yeah, and I I feel. That's why that's why that kind of advertisement worked really well because you would say um, like one of my favorite things that you do is you see how people color coordinate. <laughs> but wasn't it oddly yeah. weird in it here? It was so great. I loved it. Like time after time, they'd bring time. their gifts, yeah. and it would be this like amazing palette of turquoise. Yeah. And who doesn't want to open up a color coordinated gift? Like it was really amazing. I know, but I it would be it. like coffee, jewelry, books, yeah, all scarf. different things, but 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 all that go together and make a mood almost. But right. I think what the <laughs> beauty, so <laughs> the beauty I saw in that, like, what is important to me is thoughtful gift giving. Yes. Whether it's a gift for someone else or yourself. Yeah. Like, um, my dad was a lot of things <laughs> or not a lot of things in life. <laughs> but one of the positive things that I took from him is he rarely, rarely ever spent money. Oh. And, but when he did, 
Like, I remember, like, every holiday, like, he would go to the local jeweler. Like, my dad had his own business and was well-known in town. He was very rough around the edges. He was a plumber um, Mm -hmm. and very different outside of the house than he was inside the house. But with that said, every holiday, it was a big deal that he went down to Keene, Mm -hmm. the widest main street in the United States. And there was a jeweler, and I, I wish I could think of the name. Um, he was one of my dad's customers, um, but he would buy my mom a beautiful nice. piece of jewelry. Thoughtful. And... Thoughtful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one year it was a string of pearls. Like, nice. And so classy. Mm-hmm. And it always kind of took me off guard because my dad was not classy. He was, but it was that one time. That he, it was his shining yeah. moment that he would do this, regard, regardless of whatever else was happening with the fi- family dynamics. Oh. Um, and I think, you know, and that even, you know, if he bought something for the house, mm-hmm. it was never, well, there weren't big box stores back then, but right. it was never something that could easily fall apart. Part. Mm-hmm. Like he was very tuned into quality yeah like um you know for building a home like i don't know this is silly and i don't even know if they're a good brand anymore but anderson windows oh yeah sure like there were certain expectations that when you spend your money it's spent on things that will last and funny enough my son has picked up on that oh that's so good like regardless of his income level he doesn't purchase unless he's purchasing something of quality that's sustainable and that he knows won't break easily. Yeah. Um, so what was, oh my God, <laughs> that's, the biggest, that's the biggest tangent. But like, oh, like so it. when the artists would come, when the gift yeah. givers would come up and I just like, you know, I fill this store like consciously and subconsciously and I don't always know what you guys are bringing in. Mm-hmm. Like once we have trust in our relationship of shopkeeper and vendor, once once like i've gone through a couple cycles you know i've got like a feeling that okay whatever they bring in is going to be fine yeah and then if you're selling i pretty much open up space for you yeah yeah. because that makes sense if people are buying your items and are coming back for more of your items like i'm gonna create that space for you in this in the store Well, for you, because like you, I was so happy that 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 you accepted me into your artist circle, and 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 it it was it was the first time I actually had to reach out cold. cold you reached call. out cold, and I can't remember. I I remember an email or a Facebook message first. or both. Yeah, well, it could have been both actually, because I liked the way you marketed. That was the thing that I really liked. I was like, well, that's so nice. Like like <laughs> identifying so- who bought you know who it supports and, yeah and because that's the way I think about how I approach um so we work, had we had similarity out. right yeah, like in how we approached business I already knew we had a commonality so I was like I need to be in that store so I did a quick a quick run through just to see what other jewelers you had, had. you come in before you introduced yeah, yourself just one time. did we talk no <laughs> I just came in real quick. Just and then left? Yeah. You were one of those people that walk in and walk out? Yeah, just a quick, and um, because I wanted to see where it was and what, what was already here, because I also didn't want to, um, 
do any repeats of of anybody else. So I wanted to make sure, do I have something unique that I could bring I into think the store? So. what you're saying right now is so important because, um, and I've been on the other side, like my last business, I was a manufacturer and approached stores to get into, yeah. to get into their offerings. And I think like, as I grew and as the brand grew, I was approached a lot by different artists and always my first question was, have you been in the store? Yeah. And not not in a condescending way, but more so that I'm it's a pretty eclectic, unique store in that it's not this I love my building, but it's not this beautiful building. Like we're in an old laundromat. Like and you know it's reminiscent of the 60s and 50s and I've done what I can to create a warm feeling in here but it doesn't it's not a bougie boutique it's not going to jive the aesthetic is not going to jive with everyone right so I think it's really important like as an artist or an author it, to do exactly what you did is like it's it's not your goal just to be everywhere. Right. I think it's exactly. it's more important to be thoughtful. Um, Roger comes to mind because he considers geographic areas. Like he doesn't want to flood right. exactly. a small town or a group of small towns with his items because then essentially what you're doing is you're creating competitive sales. Right, like you're right. you're skimming your own market. Right, right. Exactly. Um, That's a very good approach. Yeah, I really geographic. I really appreciate his thoughtfulness that and that he he then looks at towns with a certain amount of driving distance because his pieces, he does watercolors of local areas or destinations yeah. that are loved. Yeah. And like he considers where he wants to show up and like right. how he can and effectively doing that, he's expanding his own market. Because think of it, if you right. put your items in three shops within 15 miles, yeah, then you're competing against yourself. You're right. saturating the market. You're gift giving. People are going to more likely to give the same gift to the same people. Right. But if you spread yourself out, mm -hmm. it's a big world. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of artists. Like, exactly. so the idea that you come into the shop, see if it's somewhere that you feel comfortable being, that you feel proud of showing your things. Exactly. Yeah. And then also consider who's already there. And that was one thing when you first emailed me, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I have a lot of jewelry already. Yeah. And a lot of the artists in the store I know personally, yeah. like whether it's before a little something or just as neighbors, friends, community members, fellow parents. Right. And in, you never want to, um, it's also tricky. The same thing I'm saying about artist is on the other side of the equation. Yeah. Like if I bring in artists that are doing such similar things, then I'm creating a competition that doesn't need to exist. Need, yeah, exactly. And that, I remember being worried because another artist, our top selling artist in here for a few years, Susan, yeah. she's killing it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking at her pieces aware of how well she's always done in the store. Mm -hmm. We lived on the same road, sure, you know, absolutely. and I looked at hers and then I looked at your pictures of your items and I was, I was like, yeah. I was peeling through <laughs> for something that wasn't, Susan wasn't offering. Right, exactly. So it would yeah. be like, um, not an accessory to hers, but um, uh, an addition. In addition, but not the same. You could be, yeah. Yeah. And I actually saw that, and because we make 
similar things. Your classy lines are similar. They're similar. <laughs> and so then I thought, well, what could I offer that would be different? And I thought of the bracelets. And, and the so, bracelets are crazy. So you, yeah. but you also picked up on um, Susan primarily. I would say ninety nine point nine percent offers silver in here. Right, right. So I figured gold. You came fill. in gold yeah. heavy, <laughs> so I which thought, is so I smart. I do gold fill. I can do that and offer that as an alternative. And then um, the bracelets. That was that was what I thought of when I did the walkthrough. I thought of oh my gosh, my empowerment bracelets mm -hmm. would be great in here. And um, which and they went next to the affirmation cranes, right? Exactly. Which is perfect. <laughs> yes, but exactly. Susan primarily like she remains top selling artist, yeah. and I'm even to this day as we're closing up in the final um, final hours of the yeah. store. Like she did elect to bring more items in, which is so nice, and you did too. Like yeah. I think, um, but she does earrings. So what you did is you brought in bracelets you brought bracelets. in necklaces yeah. you brought in cute little hair yeah hair clips and and um and other and things. post earrings susan doesn't do a lot of post earrings right. so what what your thoughtfulness in that i think quickly ramped up the trust between you and i that i i knew you were aware of a fellow artist right right and i knew that you wanted to expand the market yep. and what was offered here instead of right not compress compete, it but just just uh, expand it. And so what happened this Christmas? Oh my gosh, it was just so great. Susan's sales more than doubled. Holy moly. And yeah. then yours were right behind hers. Yeah, I was going to say just did great. I mean, it was it was amazing. And, and every once in a while I check in and we say, bring more, bring more. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it so was it our was really biggest fun. season ever. <laughs> and like, it was... Um, I had, I did have some awesome help this holiday season, um, just unpacking and getting things to the floor. There was yep. just so much that was going out every day oh that it was like restocking. Was... And your amazing market outside, I think, brought so many people. And I, <laughs> I know everybody around me in Durham, they all, they all went over here. And, the Chris Kin yeah, Kindle market. Yeah, check out the market. <laughs> There, you had a lot of support show up. Yeah, it was fun. The Emily groupies. <laughs> I was really, I was so happy that they were able to come and and um, participate. They all said that it was just great, and I wish I could have been here. I, I can't remember. I think I was out of town, but um, it but was. That was a funny thing too. Great. We had um, so every year Southboro does home for the holidays, right. and um, this year the local vendor. Um, offering wasn't going to happen for extraneous reasons and then I was thinking about it well like so our store always does well in it because we're made up of local vendors yeah. and we're a gift shop and it's Christmas and yeah. on the holidays shop, yeah and um but then I was like well how can I highlight the holiday items that our local vendors make right. and I started thinking about it that way and I remembered a trip that the girls Anna and Libby and I took to old Quebec during the holidays yeah, and the outdoor winter market yeah and you know what I don't even know if there was a Chris Kindle market there now that I'm thinking of it but like in my mind I romanticized yeah. it because like the ones in Boston and Vancouver right, right. and New York City you mm -hmm. see them with the old horse stalls mm -hmm. and I'm, I did what you did I like built this this vision of what it would look like at the end and right. like how people would be interacting with and it and the music playing yeah. and the, the lights and the garlands you and the big it. ornaments All and like, things. <laughs> and then I was like, 
I'm going to do it outside, not knowing the weather. The weather, I know, that's that's chancy in New England. And I pulled in Michael from it. Chains of Cranes because he's a phenomenal designer. Yeah. Like, and we just bootlegged it and just got it done. And um, I can't remember who had the extra double-wide red tent. But that kind of set the tone, the outdoor oh, that we it used. Did. It looked beautiful. It made everybody want to come down this alley. But it was, for right me, for me, it was another story, another piece to add to Home for the Holidays. You yeah. know, another piece to add to expand what I can do for the local artists. Like, yeah. how can I increase their visibility? And it's like, and then also, like, how right. can I pull people into the shop? Yeah. Obviously, it worked. <laughs> it worked. It was our largest. It was our largest day in the history by like fourfold. Yeah, it was amazing, really. But the one thing that was funny is like, because I am such an introvert and I and a little bit of a control freak in like how I merchandise and how, yeah. like I think a lot of the artists were thinking that they would be present and mingling, and okay. I was like, oh my gosh, too many bodies. Too many. Yeah. Like when I was a wedding coordinator yep. for. I would like, I would almost like take my team and then lock the doors of anyone else in the venue because it's like, (laughs) there's so many moving pieces and like, um, you just want to make sure that you're providing the best experience you can. And it's not that other people don't have valid or good ideas, but what I found in my career is that when you create these events Mm -hmm. and you're acting from a vision board, people like to leave their marks on things. (laughs) So like, well, coming in, like, they'll say, oh, I think this would be better. And they'll change one thing and then get sidetracked and be gone. So right. then you have like this inconsistency in this one area. Yeah. And I think like for me, um, when I used to work in the restaurants and do the events, the large scale events too, like people would say there are two gens, everyday gen and event gen. Oh, really? And don't and... fuck with event yeah, gen. <laughs> Event Jen knows exactly what she's doing and what the end result's going to be. <laughs> but I think all also, of... it wasn't a bad thing that I wasn't. No, I'm just, no. And it's like, I was just, um, no, I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I opened the store to support yeah. my community and to support local artists. Yeah. And, you know, the backstory was so that I could have a safe place to write. Oh, no kidding. That was the reason I opened the shop. (laughs) And then what I found is that the shop was getting busier and busier. And guess what? Then the writing. There was no place to write. Like it was so, you know, in creating this, this um, equation of value, this exchange, you know, giving my, giving my energy to market local artists and to provide a gift shop for the, for the community, I was hoping I would get a safe space and enough money that I could follow my own passions. Right. And at the end of the day, that equation fell short. <laughs> like it wasn't balanced. And like what yeah. I've said in business all along is if there's not equal value on both sides of the equation, the right. relationship's gonna give. Yep. And that's and so, my story. And I'm so sticking now, to it. Now you're gonna start a new chapter in which you can- Yeah, let's close. Yes, <laughs> well, and like- I think that's wonderful. I know. I think like, um, you know, you look at your life and what's led you to where you are. Like we've talked about it before. We have, we both worked in marketing, 
with companies. Yeah, I with was companies. in technology startups, and I think you were in larger organizations. Yeah, marketing for Sigma, healthcare, insurance. Yeah, so you were yeah. in the big, the sleeping giants, yeah. and I was in like the little Davids, yeah. like, <laughs> like just, just trying and scraping away to make their mark. Yep, yep. And you were in the ever-present sleeping giants. In the big cog. Just keep the, the momentum yes, going exactly. slowly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, for whatever reason, you decided that you know, that wasn't the path you wanted to take moving forward. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, which it's always reinforced every time there's change and change is inevitable all the time. So every time there's a change, um, I take a step back and I try to think, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing what I want to do? Just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. and, and every time I always think, yeah, this is actually exactly what I want to do because it gives me flexibility. I can go visit the kids in college. I can go um, do different trips. And since I work for myself, I, I feel like my relationship with my stores is top. My customers is top. So whenever I have something that needs to get done, it's, it's always done. I try to try to be present. I try to always deliver new things to keep customers coming in to the shops. And, and I want the store, like the shop owners to know that I'm right here, very accessible. If you need something, I'm right there with it tomorrow. And, and I feel like that's what I want. That's the kind of relationship that I want. And so when I need to go to visit kids or visit family or go go somewhere what I like is that I can do that and I can mm -hmm. either bring it with me or I can finish it up and then I go and do those things so what I like um being an artist that that um that hands over my my things to be sold in stores what I appreciate is that I can do that with the flexibility of time I think that brings up a great point that people that are entering this realm of selling their creations have a hard time like coming to terms with that first, but everything you're saying, like when, so you have this amazing freedom, mm -hmm. which allows you to work from home, yep. spend time with family, not to miss events. Right. What you're paying for when you drop off your pieces, whether, do you do? Wholesale or do you do um, primarily consignment? Primarily consignment. Because yeah. there is, you get usually, is it 10 to be 60% or is there a range? No, there's a small range uh, between 60 to 70%. Yeah. yeah. When I opened the store, I started at 70% and I just couldn't make the margins yeah, work. I was going to say it's 60 tricky. is pretty common. Yeah. 60, I think, is national, mm -hmm. the like, not national average, but the expected. Well, I think it's reasonable because, again, like with flexibility. So I have the flexibility to move around. I don't have to keep shop hours. But sometimes I'll work 15 hours in one day because mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed with Or you're meeting demand or you're creating. I mean, yeah, either either inspiration has just hit and I'm just going for it and I'm, I don't want to stop for, for meals or anything. Mm -hmm. I just want to go and finish these thoughts and make several of them, um, or I'm trying to meet a deadline for a store or something for the next day or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Um, 
I still feel like the flexibility is kind of nice. It's kind of what you're paying for because when I, when I keep 40% of an artist's sales, you know, that 40% goes to paying my rent, to paying my utilities, to paying my insurance, Mm -hmm. to pay for the snow plowing, to pay for the, the internet's part of the utilities, to pay for, you know, the store being open. Mm -hmm. Like this store could be filled with the most amazing things, but if it's not open, people aren't going to be able to purchase. And then also the transaction fees like every sale made a percentage if it's made with a credit card goes back to the processing company right um and the list goes on and on so that 40 percent that i keep from the artists and authors Mm -hmm. like that's typically spent before you even consult consider payroll right or paying back owner's investment exactly and um it's a lot. Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's something that, uh, um, <laughs> there's, there's something that, um, uh, I think because I always like to shop in small or, stores, it's something that you don't think of though. When, when you're buying something for, let's say, um, one of Roger's prints for $50. Now, I think that's a great price. So we keep talking about Roger because we're sitting in the chain, <laughs> the crane corner, which is, there's two things in the crane corner, the cranes and then Roger Morin's original art and prints yes. hanging above it. All gorgeous. And, um, and so, you know, I look at it and I say, oh, I know exactly where that, um, where that scene is. And because I'm, I live locally and I, I know where all of these places are and they all speak to me. So when I see it for $50, I'm thinking, that's great. It's framed. It's, it's perfect. Exactly what I want for my house. So I'll, I'll get it. But the, the thing that I think of too, or that, that is underlined in there is that the, the shopkeeper will have 40% of that or whatever the mm-hmm. agreed upon amount is. Um, Roger will keep the 60%, but then there's, there's um, his cost, his cost of making the product and, uh, buying the, like his time to create the product, buying the, um, the frames, the mats, putting Mm -hmm. the frames and mats together, Mm -hmm. um, having the paintings, the originals, um, photographed and then printed. And then also what margins is he buying it at if he's like, if he's only buying, a handful at a time or is he able to buy 50 at a time that right. all impacts what monies he'll receive from the purchase exactly but this is why i like to buy local because not only do i have an idea of where they come from and that they're around they're my people right who are the people in your neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> the people that you meet every day um so i feel like you you kind of know that you're supporting somebody local but i i think it's I think what's interesting is how much work goes in on both parts, the artist and the shopkeeper, to bring these products to, to the market. customer, to the market. Yes, and um, there's a lot of work and a lot of effort, and I, I feel like um, as an artist, I really, like, I know what it takes to do my own thing, and, um, and I really appreciate shopkeepers, and so I never have a problem paying the 40% of because I feel like, you know, thank you <laughs> for letting me have my my products in your store. 
And then, you know, maybe somebody like me that likes to buy local will find my things. I think part of what's missing for some shopkeepers and artists, and, you know, I don't think about it a lot because it's inherently been my career, is the marketing and the business development that goes into building a brand. Like, that's been what I've focused on and what... And so primarily my background is building brands, communication, um, marketing, and then also creating revenue streams mm-hmm. um, where they don't, where they didn't exist before. Like, um, so for me to bring that to my shop, like mm-hmm. I know I'm around the corner. Like right. I know even if I was on Main Street, if I don't devote a large amount of time to destination marketing and instead I think that I'm simply going to open my door and people are going to walk in people know where I am and that I've been here almost seven years and don't walk in Mm -hmm. because it's not part of their pattern or their routine or their habit like so I know as a shopkeeper Mm -hmm. it's my responsibility Mm -hmm. to daily marketing like reminding people that hey you know we're over here like um and but marketing yes but behind that marketing is to provide a valuable experience that acts as a magnet that becomes sticky so that when people come here you know hopefully they have a great experience hopefully hopefully they find what they're looking for or something that will work in the situation Mm -hmm. they well i think find themselves job at it because often when you take a picture of somebody's purchase i'm thinking you've come in (laughs) you've come in for that like when like and it's always i always think more of these (laughs) and that to me is so easy because i think that the people that are bringing it to the counter have found it and find value in what they're purchasing and humans are you know, yes, we're individuals, but collectively we do think a lot alike. Yeah. So if that one person has value, found value in that item, right? There are other people out there that just—it's my job to let them know that it's here. Right. Exactly. And like to me, marketing when mm-hmm. I was in college, like that was my favorite That's subject. Perfect. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I love it. I do too, and I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I I have such gratitude that I was able to to meet you and and be in your store well that that obviously goes both ways but now let's talk about when (laughs) so when I finally made the the decision asked to close the shop like I'm going to tell you that decision was made in a split second really really yes the decision that I was finally done I had um come in on a Saturday morning Mm -hmm. um fought the parking battle the whole night before And, you know, that wasn't why I decided to close. But I came in that morning and it was like little ping pong balls dropping from the sky. All of these different things like raining down on me like I'm done. Yeah. But with that said, it had been a long time coming. Like um, Mm -hmm. I knew when I came back to the shop full time and I'd given up my other um, incomes that I was on borrowed time. Like I had so long in speaking with my CPA, I had so long to make this work. I knew and, you know, people say, why were you open seven days a week? Well, I knew I during the holidays, especially I had to maximize 
the business and pull everything from it that I could. And like, you know, Chris Kindle market, I remember after that successful day thinking, Oh, this, the skies are raining. This is my sign that I can make this work, you know? And, um, I think on that Saturday morning, the energy that I expended into this shop the previous year through the holiday season, I knew that I couldn't sustain that. I also knew that the margins weren't there, that I could hire someone and pay Mm -hmm. unemployment insurance, um, payroll taxes, all, and that if I did do that, Mm -hmm. the monies I had made in 2023 would have been cut in half. And it's like, at a certain point, you know, I, I'm all about being giving and doing what I can for the community. Like I'm not traditionally driven by money, like, and at, you know, to a fault of my own at times. But like all of this leading up to, I made that decision that Saturday morning and then I started going into this this place of strategy of how to deconstruct the store in the most thoughtful way, knowing that yeah. it was going to be painful yeah. for myself and everyone involved or not. I mean, I mean, that's maybe that's ego speaking, but I knew that I had to develop a strategy and kind of look at the end goal mm-hmm. and then work backwards. So, you know... I think I told my boyfriend first yep. and then reached out to each of my children and then my landlord. Yeah. So before it could get back to him, mm-hmm. just to say, hey, look, which I'm going to cry because I love my landlord. Yeah. He has been nothing. He and his wife have been nothing short of parental figures in my life, um, support, mentors, um, it's just the best of the best. Awesome. So to reach out to them first. So lucky. So right? Like so yeah. like you hear horror stories about renting. Um and honestly that's one of the biggest gaps that I'll feel when I when I close and lock up yeah. for the final time is not having them in my life. Mm-hmm. Um I'd like to say I'd keep in touch with everybody, but it's just not I don't know. But anyway, so then the next thing what I did and this does I'm getting to a point with you. Yeah. The next thing I did is like, well, how can I, I don't want to, I want all of the artists to know at the same time, pretty much. Yeah. However, I probably have 20 artists that effectively show up or keep showing up, are putting that energy into marketing alongside of me, yeah. have sales that really kept the store open. And so I think I running alongside you. <laughs> running along. I think I either called or texted each of you individually just to say, yeah, heads up, this is what's coming. Yeah. And then the next morning, I had sent out an email that I sent out to all two hundred artists saying, you know, here's what's happening. Here's what you can expect. Yeah. And um. You know, just let the artist know first before they hear it secondhand. Yeah, yeah, that's important. <laughs> and then um, that was fun. my my thought was that in initially was to take, to have a week of the artists having their things in here so their items wouldn't be discounted. But after that, I had no idea how quickly everything would sell through. I knew I would have to discount my things to sell them through. Yeah. And in my mind, I couldn't structure it in a way that if I said 50% off, like with the current POS that I have, it does, it blankets it. Right. You can't 
you can't discount just certain items. I see. So my worry was that when I went to 25, 50, 75% off, and right. there were still local items in the store, that their items would inherently um, get discounted too, right. which is not fair. Well, it's hard when it's, when you're not making that percent yeah it. and so yeah yeah you it, would be losing be. money yeah yeah like exactly. I my best hope was to recoup the money I had spent on the inventory but I knew right. I won't mm. I'll take it at a loss um, so then I woke up one morning and I was like crap I know what I can do I had this um this brilliant man I worked for early on in my career and he was a marketing genius as well and we had a um, uh, I actually did radio with him. Um, so it's just oh, a, this so huge fun. job that I had in my 20s. Like we would go to the Javits Center in Madison Square Garden and do these trade shows. And That's I met awesome. celebrities. Very and it was cool. just, it was a huge learning experience. But I had a thought of something that he used to do when his supply was too, too big. Yeah. Like demand wasn't, you know, matching supply or right. whatever. He would, or in, or trying to expand his market of consumers he would do buy one get one no right. I think he even did buy two get one right okay. yeah yeah um, and that thought I don't know where it came out came from but it just popped into my head and I was yeah. like shit if I do that that doesn't even affect the sales of the local artists right. unfortunately at that time um, people have different aversions to risk oh. you know there were a handful of artists that picked their things up yeah, really right quick, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not, there's no judgment or even thought to, it's just what it is. We right. all exist on a spectrum. Absolutely. So when I had that idea, I think probably close to 10 artists had already picked up their things. Okay. And then I don't know how I shared it with you. I think you called. I, I think yeah. also I put in the messages, Yeah. the messaging on marketing messaging that, Local artists excluded. Right. Yes. Exactly. I think I did that first yeah. to kind of stop the, <laughs> the 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 idea that they could come in and scoop up right, right. items that made by local artists. Yeah. So that kind of happened so fast. And I even remember the day that I had that idea that artists were coming in. And even with that said, I said, hey, look, I formulated a way to not discount local artists right, right. items because people still see the value. The people that shop here want to support artists. Yeah. And even with that said, some artists still elected to take their things. Yeah. And I totally appreciate that and understand that because at the end of the day, it's going to be less work for me when I finally close up. Sure, absolutely. Less things to sift through. And then I had a few of you mighty giants <laughs> <laughs> that were like, yeah, we're in it to the end. Yeah, exactly. We're going to stock up. We're going to bring more stuff. Yeah. And then, because um, Susan had gotten down to like 12 pairs of earrings. And yeah. people were in tears. People would come in, they were in tears. Oh, no. And then when I finally was able to have that conversation with her, she was, yeah, I'm in. Great. And she came in and she had 40 additional pairs yeah. and they were already marked. And Perfect. like, and the community's happy. Yeah, yeah. And then you came in with Valentine's things. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's bring the Valentine's. Let's, <laughs> let's do, it. do it. And like Michael with his cranes. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, change is chaotic and change is mm -hmm. emotional. Yeah. And for some people, they have an aversion to it. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes it, I feel like it's 
uh, change is inevitable, of course. Um, but I also think you have to think of how it will stretch, stretch and change. How it will stretch, how you know, it will like, like... Like it's going to affect you. So how do you stretch in that moment and lean in, like lean into the wind, like it's okay. It's okay. And I think for a lot of us being present doesn't come naturally. Mm. Like to firmly plant yourself in the moment and yeah. say okay i'm here right now exactly like just you don't have to you know there's always like the five-year plan or the three-year plan or the one-year plan but you don't always have to have that you can you can have that in a blurred vision you can also just be like hey i'm gonna get through this month and i'm gonna lean in and i'll appreciate every moment of it and then and then that's that. <laughs> yeah. And more times than not, um, unexpected things yeah. unfold or extraordinary moments. And right. not to say it's easy. Cause no, but you have to look for it. I think you have to train yourself to, like, and for lack of a better word, just lean in. Like, I don't think that comes naturally at all. I think if you think allow you fear to, yeah. to lead you in those moments, mm -hmm. then you're almost in duck and cover. And totally. it's hard to see. And you can't blame somebody to be that way. No. I mean, I've spent a lot of my life under to. duck and cover. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to. But I think sometimes if you, like in, in this moment where, like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, now I have four stores and a website. And Except, so... <laughs> I'm going to say it. What? What has happened from closing the shop? Oh, right. Then Can we talk more. about it? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Michael's going to be like, Meow. um, I think like, so you have four stores, right? right? And I started thinking about like, what is my background? I started looking back yeah, because when I started looking forward, when everyone started asking me, what's next, what are you going to do next? Right, right. Like heart palpitations, stress, okay. sweating, have to have a worry, concrete plan in order to make a jump. You can, but most of us are taught that it's true. Yeah. Look before you that's, leap. That's what you wrote in your in your piece, I think, this morning that, that you said. Um, I read it, like, before I left for the dentist. And I think it said, it said something like, yeah, do you always have to look forward? Sometimes it's good to look back and see how far you've come. What have you accomplished? Right? Like, it's okay to review your accomplishments. Yeah, and that's, I feel like that's where gratitude comes from. And in order to go forward, you kind of have to have that. Or, you know, of sure. Or like I remember forward. being little before I started reading, one of my favorite things to do was those, remember those books of connect the dots? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I spent hours connecting the dots. And sometimes you go so fast, yeah. you go, you take a wrong turn. What do you have to do? You have to go back to the beginning and retrace yeah. your steps. That's right. So I think through this closing, like um, so many people have showed up. Yeah. to support the artist in the shop and like it's so revisit exciting. it's kind of exciting it's well, everybody an overwhelming yeah <laughs> um some people are sad some people are sure. angry with me and i get that i get i do get that honestly um i've waylaid it's sad yeah it's sad when you have to you know not be somewhere that you you've gone in the pattern of going in I mean I come in what every twice a month usually like every other week or so and so I'll miss that I, I don't get to 
see the same artist. But when it before we shining oh god no I have no poker face but like what like so I want to kind of make a soft announcement like hint to what's going to come next but before we do that like I had sent you a message a text message about the shop closing and then you replied and you were kind but then I felt an energy pullback and it caught me off guard but then I I go okay. I have faith that our friendship or our relationship is strong enough that it will come out on the other end. Oh, yeah. But at that time, even though I felt your en- felt your energy pull back, yeah. I had to like shift and take care of other things in the moment. Yeah. And then so a few days later or a couple of days later, I finally asked you if I could call you. Yeah. Because that's right. I, I was so excited too. <laughs> but I didn't want I wanted to make sure that we were good as yeah. friends because I feel like we have become friends. Yeah. Um and you told me a funny little story about what you did. It, in, it oh, involves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to help. You want me to tell it? Yeah, of course. You know <laughs> when, it better. When you sent the text message that you were, um, that you were, you know, you wanted me to hear it from you and that you were closing the shop at the end of February, I did that kind of like, oh, no, what does that mean? Because I, I get into the pattern, right? Like every you know, three days or something, and I think of each store so that I have enough and ready to go for every two weeks to deliver something different and interesting to the shops. And so I was like, oh, no, that's going to throw me off my pattern. And then I was like, no, now I'm not going to see Jennifer anymore. And I, 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 what artists do I want to pick up stuff from before they're gone? And then I was like, oh, gosh, all these things ran through my head. And I was like, I'm going to miss going to that, to that, to a little something, the little shop around the corner. And I was like, that's, that's so sad. So I had all these emotions kind of you know I was sad I was like oh no what am I gonna do Mm -hmm. like that stretching point because it was it was going to affect you my decision I made in that Saturday morning before I opened was gonna affect you in a major way yeah yeah but like you said like change so then 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 my emotions kind of went to well change change is good usually (laughs) you know something always comes it's fine like we're just gonna I'm just going to kind of see what happens and or or try to make an opportunity where I can see one. And, and I was like, it's OK. And so I ended up going to my so after all those different emotions happened and I was in my little studio and it was like seven o'clock at night it was after dinner and I was making and making. And then I saw your message and I thought, oh, boy. And I had all these emotions. And then I my was, message to call you. No, 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 the message, the initial message of what, um, that you were going to close the store. Mm-hmm. I had all these emotions. It was like on a Friday. And I, I so I went downstairs because my little studio in my house is upstairs. So I went downstairs and um, I found my husband. And it was like 8 o'clock at night. Like I had an hour to kind of process it, still making jewelry. <laughs> and then I came down the stairs. It was 8 o'clock at night on a, on a Friday. Saturday. Oh, sorry. It was a Saturday. That's right. It was a Saturday, eight o'clock. And I was like, Fred is my husband. And I said, Fred, we need to go out. I need a shot of whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) You told me that. And I'm like, are you a drinker? Not really. But I was listening to a lot of country music and everybody keeps saying, have a beer or get a shot of whiskey. And I was like, you know, that might actually solve like 
solve something for me. Let's go. And so we, we took off and we went to Newmarket to the Riverworks there and um and I got a shot of whiskey. It was great. <laughs> you told me that. Well, and then you came up with a brilliant idea. You said the last day of the store, let's gather whoever wants to be there and we'll all do a shot together. I and I was like, all right, I'm in. We'll do that. And I don't know how so we're funny. gonna orchestrate that, but it, we're gonna do it. <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll have yeah. all shots of various liquids available. So if you're sober right, or right, if right. you're... Then you can have a, a shot of uh, shot of Sprite or whatever. Like, whatever you want. Whatever. Yeah. But I think, like, what you keep um, referencing, and I think what I've learned in my lifetime is that when change happens and something ends, mm -hmm. what inevitably happens is this beautiful space opens up to right. be filled. Right. Now, ironically, in my life, I've always rushed, did a mad rush to fill it in Where because out it. of fear. Like, I feel like everybody wants to do that. Oh, my God. But either I got to go get a job. I know. But sometimes it's okay to just, if you can, sometimes it's okay to just rest for a second. Pause. Think about, like, is that the direction that you want to go? And if it is, then you go that way. I, but it, but yeah. it gives moment to, like... I don't think we give ourselves, <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what I was saying. I don't think we give ourselves the chance or to lean into the power of a pause. Right. Because when we've been running in a certain direction, you know, with blinders on or just giving it at all to do what we think we're supposed to be doing or like, how can we let the artist down? How can I let the town down? How can I let my supporters down? How can I... I think what I wasn't seeing is you're letting yourself down. Yeah, I was going to say, but you got to think about yourself. And is this what you want? You know, missing yeah. functions with the family. Like, mm -hmm. you know, catching quick dinners with Libby instead of, like, Soccer spending game. a day with her. Like, <laughs> right. I felt so guilty closing the shop a couple hours early to no, go watch Libby's like, senior go, soccer games. Go, go, go. Yeah, and I'm so thankful you did. And, yeah, and people did come back at me while I drove here and it was closed. Because no matter how much yeah. you market something, you're not going to catch everyone. Yeah, yeah. But, so... In my pause and like um, my boyfriend's dad, I sat down, um, sat down with George at his family's event after everyone else had left. And I said, hey, look, before you hear this, um, I want to share it with you. Yeah. And I braced myself because we were raised that don't put the cart before the horse. Like right. ducks have to be lined up in a row. Like you can't just leap without looking like there has to be something you're leaping to or don't right. right very little trust in and i get it like you know i get why and i get why that's important and it probably has served me well in the past but like i think i was bracing embracing myself for them to be like that traditional what are you gonna do next like do what what do you, do you have something up? lined yeah, up exactly. right like what what do you have lined up yep and um, instead, I was met with something curious to me. And um, George's dad is a man of few words. Okay. And um, he paused and he looked at me. He was, he was just something along the lines like, look, promise me this. Take some time and allow yourself to consider what's next. And I was like, what? 
Like, yeah, what we can choose. It's good advice. So you're not jumping into something just to have something lined up. The first, whatever comes along first, you grab it, right? right? right. Like, it's the solution. Just I because it showed like up that. first. Yeah. I feel like that is a common thing, maybe for our generation or something. I think so. And the gen- definitely the generation above us. We Before kind of inherited us, yeah. that, and I think that maybe we're wiggling our way out of that. And our kids are like fearless, yeah, you know, as they should be at their right? age. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but with all of this said, one of the things that has kind of come up, and is I, you know, I looked in my past at what I've done and what I've been successful at is I am a storyteller. I am a market builder. I am a connector. I am a revenue creator. Like these are the things that are my strength. And for a large part of my career, I developed those channels online. Right. You know, one of the first, um, I was a director of business development and we put together, we were the health and fitness content for USA Today Online. And out of, like here I was in my 20s, like reaching out and finding celebrities and establishing awesome. content channels. And you were like, fearless back then, too. You just didn't Probably know any better. Are, you just don't know any better. Yeah. And it was this other person and I um, with some programmers doing that. And then at a certain point, um, I found myself in a position that was trying to acquire the business as a 20 year old to with venture capitalist money and angel investors. And it was just like, holy shit, what is this world like that I've landed in? That's big. (laughs) Um, so I just, from there, I just spent a lot of my time in business development with startups, um, in technology, you know, developing markets where markets have never previously existed. Like you're educating, and you're creating space at the same time for people to consider spending money on something they just heard about the previous month. Yeah. Like, I used to call it the wild, wild west. That like, is kind of wild, wild west. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, my God. But, that like, some big talent. <laughs> looking back at that and then looking mm-hmm. back at the two shops that I've had, I'm like, well, what do, what do I want? Like, yes, I want to write. I write daily now, right? Like, but it's a blog. It's like... It's not, it can't support me from where it is today. Right. So how can I support myself? How can I move slowly forward while I'm letting everything unfold? And two people came to my mind instantly. <laughs> like two, two people came to my mind instantly. Maybe we'll just drop hints now. But like, how can I get behind these two people and give them my knowledge and my experience to advance what they're doing? And to add value to the equation on both sides. Right. So, you know, they're receiving value and I'm receiving value. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's money. Yeah. Right. So that's very much in the like, what do we call it? The test, um, the test petri tube. dish. Yeah, the petri dish. <laughs> like, um, but I have verbal commitments saying, yeah, let's try this. Let's go yeah. forward from these two individuals. And I'm, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. Do do I think that I'll be able to pay my rent with it? <laughs> no. I mean, I hope so. Last night at <laughs> last night at dinner, my seventeen year old had her eyebrow raised at me, and she's like, she's like, Mom, are you sure? And you know, and I have been fearless until that moment at dinner last night because to see her looking at me 
and uncertain that I'll be able to support myself and then, you know, also support her endeavors in college with this new thing. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Right. And I think like I said to her, I said, you know, the three opinions that matter most to me in life are you and your siblings. Mm -hmm. And I said, for you to be voicing concern or doubt with me right now is the scariest thing I've felt in the world. Oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, my God, I didn't mean, no, Mom, you've got this. I didn't yeah, mean to yeah. do that. But I have to step back and think, yes, I love them so much yeah. and want them to believe in me, mm -hmm. but they can't believe in me until I believe in myself. Right, yeah. So that's where I am. People are asking me, what are you doing? That's it in a snapshot. Yeah. Like, um, and it'll continue to unfold as you go. Yeah. yeah. And like, so, you know, I can sell shit. I've always been <laughs> able to sell shit. So why not sell shit that I believe in yeah. and can get behind in a way that also works for me? So for me, that's pointing in the direction that I help people I care about and believe in with their online sales. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So that's just one idea that's swimming in my head and where I think I'm going to head yep. once the store is closed. And I think it's a great idea. I'm glad you think <laughs> it's a great idea made by EmilyNewHampshire.com. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This life is a game. Yeah, exactly. How do we want to play it? Mm -hmm. And also I feel like you have to try things and see, see how it goes. And you have but there is... Like, go big. What is it? Go, there's there's two things. Go I big remember, or go home? Yeah, go big or go home. But there's also one of my favorite phrases. Um, I saw it in college, and I, I say it to myself all the time. If you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. Jesus. <laughs> Our porch currently, the screens are, like, flapping in the wind. They've come undone. Oh, no. um, so usually we do this for an hour. Oh, okay, great. How long has it been? It's long. But oh you were so God. nervous. You were like, what are we going to talk about? We're on an hour and a half, and oh I feel gosh. like we could keep going. Yeah. Um, I think um, one of the things that's made me sad, if I'm going to be honest, I try to be honest, is that I stalk your posts. And I think you know that because I usually try to like <laughs> them. Yeah. And I started seeing things that you've created that most likely won't hit the shelves here. And I got that little twinge of, like, oh. remorse and, like, oh, like, fear of missing out and, oh. like, what have I done? And then I said, wait a minute. So you have created these incredible mother and daughter sets, these gift sets. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, my God, I could sell the shit out of those. Like, <laughs> like because it's, they're so beautiful, they're affordable, the sentimental value behind mm -hmm. them. I, I put a lot of thought in packaging it, too. The packaging's so it's, gorgeous. It's all professionally printed, and it says mother-daughter, one for you. Where are those available right now? Right now, they're just in my studio. Oh. But um, but I'm about to drop them off at uh, Good Juju and um, New Market and My Country Story in Dover. So I don't – if I, I've already put an order in for one. Yeah. <laughs> Because gold and silver. <laughs> I've put in an order for silver, the mama bird and the baby bird. Because um, you're about to launch yours. The mine's already launched. I'm like holding on to her. <laughs> she, um, I have my youngest of three is turning 18. She's committed to a college, a university. Um, 
and I'm already I'm this time around I'm struggling more with the separation that's happening and I think part of it is because of where I am in life and then also she's my youngest mm-hmm. um I think that's such a normal feeling I, I know we're running over on time but we could go we could that could be the whole, next whole podcast. podcast on that because I feel like um the first time for me I didn't really know what I was doing and I was like nervous about the the wholeness of it like did I sign the right document and did I do I have everything in place but with my last one launching I feel like that was a little more emotional because it really changes your own life at home and so I feel like it's it's a lot more to I mean, it's sweet and awesome, and I know exactly what they're supposed to do. <laughs> they're supposed to launch, right? Um, but, but but you never think a, of us having to step back. No, exactly. And as a mom, it's so hard to just um, like to think of your your goal is exactly what they're doing, but then you, you in the goal you don't really think of yourself, and then when yourself. When you have time to think about it for yourself, then you're like, oh, darn. <laughs> now I'm, now I've, I, you know, we're back, back to the beginning again. And like, I don't even know what that looks like anymore because it's been so long. And, and um, I, I have now had experience being an empty nester for a year and I can definitely tell you it's totally fine and great. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's a, it's a good thing. But I remember that last semester of senior year it's so hard because you know those are the last of the last of the last for you yeah (laughs) yeah and uh, you know she when I sold the farm and um made some other changes in life she now stays with her dad like Mm -hmm. because it's her childhood home and like we get dates so I've become Disneyland dad and that's very foreign for me because (laughs) I was always home based yeah yeah and I think that's part of the struggle for me it's so I already have slightly become that emptiness yeah I'm one foot in it and then but like the time we spend together, like Libby even said, she goes, well, mom, most, most of the time, girls my age and their mothers are fighting. And she goes, we don't do that. And I said, yeah, I know. I, I know. And I'm thankful for that. But like, I think like what we we're talking with the business, when one closes, when a door closes, mm-hmm. you know, there's all of a sudden there's this new space. Mm-hmm. And so with this business closing and Libby going to college Anna's in British Columbia, Aaron's in Guatemala right now. So like the space I find myself in is pretty big. And Mm -hmm. I, this time around, you know, very thankful to George's dad is like, I want to be very um, selective of how and what that space, how it fills in Mm -hmm. or how I fill it in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. That makes me happy for you. But happy, sad. Happy, sad, right? Yeah. It but, is like a weird mixed, mixed bag feeling, but. Yeah, I had I'd chosen the word trust this year. And, you know, I, I'm going to be more thoughtful when I choose my word for the year. Yeah. <laughs> because I think when you choose your word for the year, you also choose opportunities to yeah. lean into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I bet when you look back, you'll see there's a whole pattern of... <laughs> <laughs> there already has been. There already has been, yeah. but like in good ways. Yeah. You know, like growing older, it doesn't mean that it's cleaner. Like no. you still make mistakes. You still upset people. You still you put yourself in precarious situations you like growing is expanding and expanding you know it's not everything fitting neatly into into place it's not growing no i was just thinking that that that's that's not how you grow don't you grow when you don't grow when everything's going great you kind of you grow when you have to change something or something's changed for you or or you you know your own boundaries Your are own tested. Things. Yeah, exactly. You have to, I feel like that's when you, you get to know yourself even better and you get to know what it is more clearly that, that you want to do or not. <laughs> so you're making jewelry. Mm-hmm. You're in five stores, soon to be four. Yes. You have an online sales channel. Mm-hmm. A website. A website. Um, you're constantly reinventing yourself, fine tuning. Mm-hmm. Um, your packaging just went say, through some updates. Yeah, I don't think I'm reinventing myself. I think I'm more fine tuning. I kind of find different lines that I want to go down, mm-hmm. and then I go and explore it, and I see, I test it out, and see if people like it. And if they do, then I kind of yeah. lean in. <laughs> your marketing background shines through with your branding and um, you. your messaging. Um, and that's been a lot of fun to watch and witness. Yeah. Um, so 2024 is just nearly begun. Yep. Have you set some goals for yourself and your business? Um, I probably should. I, I have a bracelet in my empowerment line, bracelet line, um, that says pause and reset. (laughs) So I think I'm there right now. Is there one behind you? Like, uh, is that something we should take a picture of for the podcast? There might be. We should yeah. look for that I'll, pause and reset. Yeah. That's perfect. It's a moonstone, uh, which is such a pretty, pretty bracelet or pretty, pretty stone. It's um, it's it's kind of a creamy white, and when the sun hits it or any light hits it, it, it has rainbows inside. What? I know it's very cool. And um, what I love about that stone too is that kind of its meaning is um. You know, pausing and reset, uh, new beginnings, that kind of thing. And I, I feel like that is um, a very appropriate one. Jesus. <laughs> so I, I'm buying it. If yeah. we go over there, I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm okay. going to buy it, and then I'm going to wear it through this great pause of you my can life. Have that's it. this is a good, this is a good pause. Um, I woke up scared shitless morning <laughs> for the first time. No, you know it's gonna be fine. I, I I'm excited for you. I, I I'm excited for us, and then yes, and for our new venture. <laughs> for our new venture. So I think stay tuned. I think it's gonna be great, and um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the channel. <laughs> having you on the channel. So the name. So the the podcast is called Just Love. Perfect. So with the intent of making your way through each day based on love not fear perfect and you did a great job emily (laughs) slama of made by emily thank you (laughs) made by emily nh.com and um we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye and then we're gonna look for that bracelet pause and reset (laughs) pause and reset that's kind of where i'm at (laughs) (laughs) have a great day everyone